everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show for Germany's upcoming international match against Liechtenstein. And this one carries a lot of intrigue. I'm excited for it. It is Hansi Flick's first match, well, his first official match as manager of Germany. And I think a lot of people are really anticipating this one. And everyone really wants to see how the squad looks under Flick. And, uh, you know, in typical Germany fashion of late, uh, we got the bad news <laughs> before we got any good news. Uh, already we know that Manuel Neuer will miss the match. Uh, he will likely be replaced by Bern Leno. And Thomas Muller, unfortunately, is suffering from some adductor issues. And it is on his way back to Bayern Munich uh, for some treatment and recovery. That is uh, some really bad news for Germany, and it's not that they can't replace him uh, for these upcoming matches. Obviously, uh, the clubs on the slate, or the countries on the slate, are not exactly the most uh, powerful countries in the world, but you would really like to see Muller working under Flick once again, and uh, you know it's really disappointing that he won't be there. So that that is you know not a great way to start, but all that said, Knowing that Muller and Neuer will not be there, Germany still should be in some, uh, should really be in good shape for this. Uh, as you know, they'll be playing Liechtenstein on Thursday. Uh, they will then be facing Armenia on Sunday, September 5th, and will finish off with a big match against Iceland on September 8th. Obviously, the Iceland match is probably the most dangerous one, uh, even though Armenia has been very good. In these qualifiers, I would say Iceland is probably the tougher match. So, uh, you know, obviously when we talk about Flick and his entire legacy as Bayern Munich manager, uh, I think he's been, he was nothing short of brilliant during his time at Bayern Munich. And it was really unfortunate the way things played out. They did uh, his inability to get on the same page with sporting director uh, Hassan Brazo, Salihamidzic, uh, that was ultimately the downfall of why Flick moved on. Uh, and it was really, you know, as we've covered a million times on this podcast and on our site, it was really just a clash of egos and differences of opinion on how Bayern needed to move forward. And we won't know for years and, you know, in that argument who was right and who was wrong. But what we do know is Bayern Munich lost a, a really valuable and good coach, someone that won a sextuple, and uh, one that can't really be replaced all that easily. And, and Julian Nagelsmann is doing a good job so far in filling those shoes. But, uh, you know, winning a sextuple is incredibly difficult. And Flick was able to get that done. So that is the standard. And we'll see if Nagelsmann can eventually get there. But uh, as for Flick's opening matches at the helm of Germany, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the biggest intrigue around all of these matches will be who is going to start. And I'll be honest with you, it's really impossible to predict who is going to start because the way this roster is compiled with so many young players integrated into the squad, we don't know if Flick is going to come out and use some kind of balanced approach where he's using one or two young players in every starting 11 or if he's just going to go all out and try and win the games with the best 11 available that he has. Now, knowing Flick... He will probably take that approach because these games became very important <laughs> after Germany's disappointing uh, efforts in the last round of qualifiers. So uh, 
it's not like Hansi Flick has a lot of room for error here. Now, Germany is by far the best team in their group. But Germany is also quite capable with this roster of throwing out a couple of stinkers. So let's hope that Flick takes the approach of knowing that he needs to win these games and that he puts an 11 out there that gives him the best chance of doing that. But as for who fills those spots in the 11, it is a mystery. And I will say I've taken the liberty of trying to predict this, and I have zero doubt that it will be wrong. But factoring in that Neuer and Muller are no longer there, I came up with an 11 based on just some things and that I know about Flick, some of the reports we've seen in the past, some of the things he said in the past. And we'll talk about each of those uh, positions as we go along and what the possibilities are. But I would think that Flick has an idea of which way he wants to go already. And I, I would assume that he knew uh, the second that Mueller was not available, how exactly he wanted to shift things around. So let's just take a look. Uh, we'll start from the back. And with Neuer out, Bernd Leno is going to be the uh, starter. And that's not really a shock. Uh, Leno has really been um, one of the, the players that's been on the outskirts of the roster only because he's been behind Neuer and Ter Stegen for so long. So seeing Leno get this opportunity, I think it fits, and I don't really have any concerns about it. He should step in and do an admirable job in filling in for Neuer in this circumstance. When we shift up the center back, we already know that Flick is uh, pushing for Antonio Rudiger to really step up and be the leader on that defense. And I think that that's what we're going to see. He will be one of the starting center backs in that back four that I am predicting he'll use. Alongside Rudiger, I think Flick has to go with Nicholas Sula. One, Sula has been good this season. Two, he is a large presence in terms of his height and strength. And three, he's extremely fast. So, I, you know, with his improved performance and looking like he has kind of started to get over that hurdle of the ACL injury, you know, we've, we've covered a million times that you need a year to recover. And it looks like this now being the second year that Sula is really looking like he's gotten that confidence back. He hasn't been perfect, but he's been really good. I think he's been Bayern Munich's best center back so far, and that's not a slight to Dio Upamakano or Tengai Nianzu, but I think Sula's just better right now, and I think in time he will establish himself as Germany's top center back as well. So that would be the pairing I would anticipate if Flick goes with his uh, top 11. And as we've talked about, that could uh, take a, a diversion if Flick decides to try and you know weave in a couple of youngsters. Now, Obviously, without Mats Hummels and Matthias Ginter available, uh, you know, Sula and Rudiger become that automatic go-to pairing. I think they're the most experienced, the most talented at this stage, and probably the pairing that gives you the best chance to win now. When we look at the outside back positions, this is where I think a lot of people will expect some changes, and I'm not sure at this point that we're going to get them. So at right back... We're going to see a lot of clamoring for Rydal Baku, and, and rightfully so. He's a very talented player. I think he is potentially a right back for the future with Germany. But I think right now, for, for at least the first couple of games here, uh, we might see Lucas Klosterman uh, hop back into that role. Klosterman, of course, is seemingly always battling injuries, and it's 
kind of hurt his ability to contribute on the national team over the past year. So I think that he'll get, be given that opportunity to be the starter. But Baku could be a player that steps in and fills that void. And I think we will see him at some point during the match. But I think Klosterman will get the nod because he's a veteran. And I, I think he's a really good player. I know that there are people that have doubts about him. But I think he not only is fast. Did, did I ever tell you that he was a track star growing up? Okay, that's an inside joke that we've been hammering here for years. But uh, he really was a track star. But anyway, uh, you know, I think he's a really solid player. I think he can... One, I think he's a very good defender, and two, I think he can contribute offensively if he's given the wherewithal and really permission to, to push up and make some plays. So uh, I'd expect to see Klosterman on the right side over Baku. As far as the left side, this is another interesting kind of scenario where we're at, uh, where Robin Guzzins is, is really more of a wing back, and if Hansi Flick is using a back four, you would seem to think that Guzzins might be a little out of place, except that Hansi Flick is the same manager who unlocked Alfonso Davies and made him such a, a, uh, a worldwide star, really, back in the 2019-2020 campaign with Bayern Munich. I mean, Davies established himself as a breakthrough player, and while Gozens uh, is not the same exact kind of player, he does have some of the same qualities of Davies. He's a very fast player. He is more offensively minded. Uh, as a left back, so he is always looking to push into the play and contribute. Uh, there are some similarities. I don't think Guzzins is as good a player of Davies, but um, this is an opportunity for him to show that he can make that transition and play left back and be a dependable member of the unit. Now, if Guzzins cannot prove that, uh, you know, Flick is going to have some interesting choices to make because he doesn't. He does not have many options at left back on this particular roster. One that we saw uh, that was a little bit of a surprise to some people was David Rahm, who came in from Hoffenheim as a left back. And, uh, you know, he is a young player who is, you know, just like Baku, looking to establish himself and weave his way into uh, a permanent place on the Germany roster. But uh, I can't see Flick rolling him out yet. And I guess the only other kind of alternative you could do is try and play Rudiger out as a left back and use uh, Tilo Kerr or uh, Schlotterback or one of the other younger players to come in and play center back. I just don't think that'll happen. So the back line I'm anticipating would be Rudiger and Sula at center back with Klosterman at right back and Guzzins at left back. In the central midfield, I am anticipating, again, a 4-2-3-1. So I, I think this is a no-brainer. Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, Flick has to turn the page uh, on Ilkay Gundogan. And while Gundogan may have a valuable role on the squad and be able to contribute uh, not just with his leadership but as a substitute, uh, I think that it's just time that Kimmich and Goretzka are given the keys to the car and they get to drive this machine. Uh, moving forward from the midfield, it just makes sense. They've built up such a good partnership in working for Bayern Munich. Unfortunately, over the past year and a half or so, they really haven't linked up much for Germany just because of injury situations. But now is the time. I think Flick has to make that move. If we do see any deviation from the Kimmich and Gretzka pairing, I think it's safe to assume that Gundogan would be uh, the player that steps into that role. Uh, and I don't necessarily uh, you know, think that that's a bad thing, but you know, I, I just think that Flick needs to push 
Kimmich and Goretzka and give them the opportunity to work together for the national team that Yogi Love was was really reluctant to do for whatever reason. Uh, out on the wings, I think we're going to see, now this is, this is somewhat controversial here because I think we're going to see, and this is just me, again, it's, I would guess it's going to be wrong, but this is what I see. I think we're going to see Marco Royce uh, get into the lineup. Uh, I think he's going to play left wing. And it's somewhat controversial because Leroy Sané would also probably be slated as a left wing as well. And I think Royce will get the call because Flick has referenced Royce several times in the past. And with Thomas Muller out of the lineup, I think it's just a natural thing to put Royce in to help guide the team, provide some leadership, and create some offense. If, if there's anything Royce can still do, it's create offense for his teammates. And I think from the left wing, he'd be able to do that. I'll give him... The nod over Sané, though I would not be shocked to see Sané uh, start as well. At right wing, I think Serge Gnabry will be the call. I, I don't think there's any doubt that Gnabry will, will will be the man for Flick. He was very successful under Hansi Flick. Hansi Flick has a lot of uh, good things to say about Gnabry. And of course, uh, you know the track record that the two have together, I think it's just a no-brainer. That leaves Jamal Musiala on the outside looking in, which... Again, if you've heard me and you've uh, you, you've heard anything I've said over the past year and a half, I think he is Bayern Munich's best winger and has been for the last year and a half. I, I would not be opposed to starting him for Germany, but I get why Flick might be a little reluctant just for this first game. I think we could see him in the second and third game, but I think we'll, we'll see Marco Royce uh, manning the left wing and Serge Gnabry at right wing. And this is where you're probably going to think I'm a loop job, but one of the big things that kind of forced Hansi Flick out was Brazo really wanted Leroy Sané. And he wanted Sané to the point where he ignored Flick's request for the club to pursue Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. And why I'm referencing that is because that's exactly how I think Bayern Munich is going to line up centrally on, in the offense. So I think Werner is going to sit back and play that Thomas Muller role, which is something that Flick has referenced in the past is he sees... Werner as more of a secondary striker and playing behind the striker. And that's key because Kai Havertz looks to be the go-to striker at this moment. And we haven't seen him really unleash that way since he was with Bayer Leverkusen. But now would be the time to make it happen. And I think Havertz has shown the ability to score and also create offense from that spot. And if Timo Werner can benefit from being a little deeper and being able to exploit that space with a little more room, I think this just makes sense. Now, of course, we could see a lot of different variations with this. We could see Royce slide centrally and play attacking midfield and Sané pop in. We could also see Timo Werner pop out to the wing and play on the left side. There are a million different things that could happen with this lineup, but I'm going to go with this 11, and I'll repeat it one more time. Uh, Burton Leto at goalkeeper. We will have Antonio Rudiger and Nicholas Sul at center back, Robin Guzins and Lucas Klosterman at the outside back spots. Marco Royce and Serge Gnabry at the wings. Timo Werner playing the attacking midfield slash second striker role. And Kai Havertz up top of the formation as the striker. It is not conventional. It might not be pretty. But this is what I think Flick wants to do to start off. Would I be shocked if Werner is on the bench? No. Would I be shocked if Royce is on the bench? No. I won't be shocked if Gnabry is on the bench. Because Flick literally could do anything at this point. Now, one thing that I think we should all keep an eye on, and this is something that could really influence Germany moving forward, 
is to see if Hansi Flick has a role for Jonas Hoffman from Borussia Mönchengladbach. And why that's very interesting is not just because Hoffman was, of course, linked to Bayern Munich in the last transfer window. It's that Flick and Julian Nagelsmann both see Hoffman as a potential right wing back slash right back. And if Hoffman is the type of player who can make that transition and fill that role for the national team, he may be the type of impact right back who not only can fill the the necessary role defensively, but also push up the field and help create offense, really creating uh, a formation that could give you Guzzins on the left side and Hoffman on the right side, where they are just dual threats getting up and down the field. Will it happen? I don't know. But that's one dark horse kind of thing to take a look at. Uh, But, you know, like I said, this could go a million different ways, and it'll just be really exciting to see how it goes. I don't expect to be right about this. But I do think there is at least some kind of disjointed, jumbled thought process in my broken brain that has led me to think this is how Flick will set things up. Now, what I will tell you is that over the years, I have like really read and absorbed everything that Flick has said and the comments that he's made. And that's kind of what led me to some of the choices I made when putting together this 11. But as we know, things could change. And Hansi Flick could just go with a completely different 11 at this point. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see. As far as a prediction goes, I think we are going to see Germany pull this one out and rip off a 3-0 victory and hopefully get started on the right track. So that's that's about it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you kind of could follow my crazy thought process on what I think Hansi Flick will do. But as always, we appreciate uh, you guys listening and the interactions you give us both on the website and on Twitter. You can always follow me uh, on Twitter at The Barrel Blog. And please always follow our site at Bavarian FB Works. And check our site multiple times a day. Hell, multiple times an hour. Because we're always updating and we've got the latest and greatest Bayern Munich and Germany news. And we love bringing that to you every day. So thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.